Okay, so like, I don't want to delve too much into history, but I guess like from basic, based on that history, rather than me trying to explain how how Rotten Tomatoes works, because I sort of use it on a tangential level, Tim, as someone who probably is more familiar with the site and uh, has probably used it a lot more and has definitely has been featured a lot more, could you tell us how Rotten Tomatoes actually works uh, from like a user level, but also just like in terms of being a critic, how do you kind of engage with uh, with the website or the platform, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I mean, I've been reviewing for about 20 years, something like that. And Rotten Tomatoes has kind of always been around um, during that time. And obviously it's grown and evolved since then. Um, how do I use it uh, as, a, as a critic? You know, it's interesting. There are different types of ways you can interact with Rotten Tomatoes. Some people, some critics, they just have the people who work at Rotten Tomatoes put their reviews up for them. They put the link under their name for a specific movie like uh, that Ant-Man movie, for instance. So when Quantum Manium comes out, there are people at Rotten Tomatoes who find reviews across the web, put it for each individual critic's name, pull out a blurb, and then label it as fresh, which means essentially thumbs up. The old Siskel mm. and Ebert system of how, you know, like a movie, don't like a movie. Or rotten, which means that they don't like, the critic does not like the movie. And then they compile all of those reviews under one film page. So you go mm. as a user to the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium page, and you would see all these individual reviews with a blurb from each of those reviews and a fresh or a rotten. And then what Rotten Tomatoes does is they take all the fresh and rottens and do a percentage of how fresh, meaning how many positive reviews did the movie get. And I believe if it's 60% or better on the site, mm. the film is essentially officially labeled as fresh. If it's below 60%, it's rotten. So if you go to the Rotten Tomatoes page for a film, if it has a red tomato, that means it's a thumbs up or a movie that critics for the most part like if you see a green splat uh that means is basically rotten and it's below 60 percent um and i i i don't actually have the editors uh put up stuff for me i do it myself and you can actually ask them uh to do that because i actually like being able to control uh mm -hmm. when i put stuff up and also like what the blurb is and also sometimes they will be mistaken about whether or not a review is fresh or rotten. And I like having control over that. So I can actually sort of control when I put those things up and if I actually think it's fresh or rotten. Mm. I do think it's interesting how many of the, uh, how many of the platforms which now so thoroughly mediate our cultural life started as hobby projects. I think that's quite, quite funny it's quite bleak but also but also quite yeah. funny also quite also quite funny that you know we can't have democracy because <laughs> uh, because <laughs> because uh, because someone was like you know what let's do a fun school project um not that rotten tomatoes is particularly expressive of a lost of a lost democracy but um but yeah no it's it's it, it's interesting is it something I mean, that it depends on your opinions of the last jedi really <laughs> oh yeah, no. I mean, it, it does, yeah. and, and I'm I'm hoping that by the end of this episode, we are going to be able to put to bed once and for all the question of whether or not the Last Jedi was uh, was a good film or a bad film. And actually, I don't want any uh, any discussion of any kind of middle ground between 
between that. And I think that's what's yeah. interesting about the about the Rotten Tomatoes aggregate system in the in the in the first place is that is that it it presents a kind of a kind of flattened critical picture um of what of what kind of someone's response to response to a film is and it feels as if and i don't know how much i don't know how much the film industry sort of pays attention to uh, to the kind of the aggregate scoring of um of of rotten tomatoes um I just realized that, it, that, that even the even the name of the site sounds really silly in my voice. I can't say rotten mm. tomatoes. I'm sorry. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. So I've got to say rotten tomatoes. I appreciate that sounds silly. I apologize to the listener for the fact that this sounds silly in my voice. So I don't so I mean I think the fact that it's now owned by Warner Brothers uh feels like one of those quite funny obvious conflicts of interest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one of, the, one of the things that's really interesting is you, your assessment that that flattens in certain ways criticism is, I think, an app one. But it's funny how it's in some ways the modern version of that argument that Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel dealt with back in the day when they did their show and they sort of pioneered this thumbs up, thumbs down thing mm. for each at the end of the at the end of their shows, they would have like a rundown of the movies they had reviewed with a, a picture of a thumb up or a thumb down. And it became such a iconic way to let people know if you liked a movie or not, that studios, advertisers would put two thumbs up on like movie ads for a film to let people know that Siskel and Ebert, who are the most sort of influential critics, they gave it a thumbs up. Well, there's a lot of backlash in the critical community because of that, because it's like, well, for two reasons. One is it simply is the job of a critic simply to say, yes, it's good. No, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Cause it seems very sort of simplistic and, and yeah, you know, or, and then also where is the nuance? Because, you know, whether you're a film critic or not, if you go to see movies, there are certain movies that you see that are kind of in that weird middle ground like I will often joke, like if I could use like a shrug emoticon sometimes for like a, my grade of a movie, mm. I would love that because sometimes a movie is just so marginal and mm. doesn't inspire really kind of love or hate mm. that it just sort of sits in that middle region. And that's a hard movie to write about in certain ways. It's a fun movie to write about because you're kind of like weighing the pros and the cons of a film. But if you ask me, well, is it fresh or is it rotten? Or is it thumbs up or is it thumbs down? I was like, well, it's kind of more complicated than that. Mm. And that I think is, I mean, there are other things I think that Rotten Tomatoes, the way they do their system indicates certain kinds of problems that we can talk to you about maybe more in a second. But I think that is one of the things. I think that mm. to your other question though, Phoebe, I think studios care a lot mm. about what that fresh rating is. I mean, you will see... I don't know how it is uh, in other places, but definitely in the U.S., you will see TV ads for blockbuster films with a certified fresh in the ad. Mm, They will mention that because it's that important because especially Mm. for big blockbusters, the studio wants you to know, yeah, you're probably going to see it anyway, but critics also like it. So it it has like that other like stamp of approval to it. That makes a difference. I also know that studios care about this stuff because when I go to film festivals and I'm reviewing movies, and usually these are 
smaller indie films, if I give it a positive review, and because like I mentioned, I put my Rotten Tomatoes scores up, the the site doesn't themselves, Mm -hmm. I'll get emails from publicists saying, would you mind putting your review up on Rotten Tomatoes? And the reason why they do that is because they want early buzz out of a festival. Say, look, we have we have 100% fresh with 15 critics. And not to get too much into the weeds about this stuff, but Ron Tomatoes also has like distinctions of critics. There are just regular critics who are tomato approved, as it's known. And then there are critics <laughs> who are known as top critics. Um, and sorry, top sorry critics, tomato approved is just very funny. That to me is a yeah, very funny, it's yeah. just it a very is, funny piece, yes. piece of phrasing. I, I consider this podcast to be tomato approved. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate oh, that. <laughs> so, tomato approved. You are a tomato approved podcast. But uh, there's Dad, also Dad, things can called- we uh, put a little... <laughs> no, on the on this episode with like maybe like a little picture of a tomato that would be great thank you thanks um but there's also a thing called top critics and top critics are people who have a little they are their own separate field when you go into a film's page you can see all the negative reviews all the positive reviews you can also click on a tab called top critics and those are critics that write for bigger publications mm-hmm. or more sort of like senior um i feel sheep is saying that i'm one of these top critics but you know you're on that thing and so when i give a movie a positive review i will get emails sometimes from publicists because because i have been designated a top critic that has some sway over there or at least they think it has some sway over there and so yes they absolutely they absolutely care about that stuff the, the studios it does matter to them 